0: Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jackie Higgins I hope you had a wonderful week and are excited to dive into this week's episode. For me, this is more than a podcast. It is a chance for me to reach out to listeners who are eager to join me in a discussion guided by God's Word on the issues and events shaping the country today. Whether you are new to God's Word or a lifelong Christian, Together, we will discuss how faith and government can co and ally themselves in the campaign against the chaos engulfing our country. This is Truth and Consequences. Let's get started. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green. Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8. We are having a birthday. We are getting ready to celebrate America's 245th birthday on July 4, 2021. I remember celebrating our bicentennial, our 200th birthday in 1976. That was a very exciting year. They even made bicentennial quarters, which you can still find floating around today if you are looking and you are lucky. And here we are 45 years later. You know, for a country, we are still considered a baby. What a country we live in. What growth and progress we have made. They have always called our country a melting pot. Have you ever asked yourself why so many people want to come to this country? We are getting ready for a long weekend celebration to celebrate this great country. We will all have on our red, white, and blue to show our patriotism. What is patriotism, really? How would you define that word? If a child asked you, how would you answer that question? Is it flying the American flag on special holidays, standing when the Star Spangled Banner, our national anthem, is being played? Is it putting your hand over your heart and reciting the pledge to the flag, to our republic, our country? Is it thanking a military soldier for their service to our great country whenever you see them? Because deep down you know that without them and their sacrifices, you and me would not have the freedom, the liberties that we so foolishly take for granted. According to the Webster Dictionary, patriotism is love for, or devotion to, one's country. Supporting and loving your country even when it's going through rough or difficult times. You still love your country even when things are not as you desire or you would like. Everything I have mentioned before is an action, like flying your flag on special days, standing in the national anthem, putting your hand over your heart, thanking a soldier... A way to show patriotism. So, piggybacking off the last episode in our discussion on love being an action and loving like Jesus loved, so might patriotism be showing love for America through action? Hmm. On the other side, this makes us wonder, right? What would it be called then when someone stomps and burns our American flag? kneels or sits during the national anthem. Or, as we just witnessed this week, an athlete representing this country turns in disgrace and disrespect to our national anthem for the world to see. Hmm. Some say that's freedom of speech. I personally say that is showing your dirty laundry to the world. As Christians, It may be good for us to remember Colossians 3, verse 17, that says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Would those actions represent God? The ones that seem to think they just have the right to disgrace this country and all its morals and values and all it stands for always seem to be coming from one place. Sports, hmm. Proverbs 29, verse 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. In May, my sisters and I went on a road trip together. There are four sisters, but only three of us could make this trip. Now, I prayed about this trip before we left, you know, just to make sure it was the right thing to do. We are older ladies, very independent, very set in our ways, and have not lived together for many, many decades. And the last time we took a road trip together was probably on a Christmas trip with our father in 1968, maybe. So, you may be getting the picture just trying to set the stage here. Our destination was Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, a place where none of us had ever been and a place where all of us wanted to go. So we were very excited. We had our goal in mind and we rented a car to get us there. And we had a mindset of Mount Rushmore or bust. We had one week to get us from point A to point B and back to point A. We left on a Saturday and had to be back on the following Saturday. I think Romans 12, verse 12, says it perfectly. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. I suggest on any trip, you might want to put that on a post-it note and put it in the car on the dashboard. My goal was to get us to Mount Rushmore, our destination, and then we could relax. But things get in the way, and things happen, and you take an unexpected detour, and you get delayed. But surprisingly, with God's intervention, we all decided maybe things happen for a reason, and we rolled with it. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Romans 15, verse 5. We did make it to Mount Rushmore, and it was everything we thought it would be. And probably more. First, just driving up the mountain and looking up and seeing this grandeur, magnificent expression of patriotism for America, floating atop a mountain, was nothing but breathtaking. Something I have seen in pictures, but nothing like it is in person. If you have been there, then you know what I'm talking about. When we arrived at the mountain monument, and walked in, and got over the initial jaw-dropping awesomeness of it, I found a place to sit and just look. I believe we were all affected emotionally in some ways, one way or another. You just sit there in the splendor of it all. I mean, what it stands for, those men, and who they were, why they were so important, so important to America, so important that they were chiseled into the top of a mountain for the world to see. Wow, it's just awesome. What an awesome country they stand for. What an awesome country I live in. And then I couldn't help looking down at the platform and thinking about last year, just a year ago on this July 4th, when President Trump spoke there in his speech, the best speech I had ever heard from a president, His love for God, his love for country, just oozed of patriotism and the fanfare and the people. Wow. We went down below to the museum. There you can find much information on the sculptor and the helpers and the hows and the winds and the ledgers. Absolutely awesome the amount of history you read in this small museum. You can take pictures, which I did. It was amazing. I cannot help but think. I know that God was right there alongside during this miraculous artistic creation, recognizing not only the sculptor, but the men that had helped build a nation upon a Christian foundation. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 7, Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Psalm 33, verse 12. There was a plaque down in this little museum that I want to share with you. It's the meaning of Mount Rushmore. The four American presidents carved into the granite of Mount Rushmore were chosen by the sculptor to commemorate the founding, growth, preservation, and development of the United States. They symbolize the principles of liberty and freedom on which the nation was founded. George Washington signifies the struggle for independence and the birth of the republic. Thomas Jefferson, the territorial expansion of the country. Abraham Lincoln, the permanent union of the states, and equality for all citizens. And Theodore Roosevelt, the 20th century role of the United States in world affairs and the rights of the common man. I'm going to put that information along with a picture on Truth and Consequences' Facebook page. There is also a video of Franklin D. Roosevelt, our 36th president, that served three terms in office, his speech at the unveiling of Thomas Jefferson's dedication in 1936, and I quote, I think that we can perhaps meditate a little on those Americans, and he's talking about the presidents on the mountain. We can meditate and wonder whether our descendants, because I think they'll still be here, what they'll think about us. And let us hope that at least they will give us the benefit of the doubt that they will believe that we have honestly striven in our day and generation to preserve for our descendants a decent land to live in and a decent form of government to operate under. So I think what stands out here is the last line, that land to live in and a decent form of government to operate under. So I doubt FDR was talking about socialism, Bernie Sanders, or authoritarianism, totalitarianism. Mr. Biden Psalm 36 verse 3 says the words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. I believe FDR was talking about our constitutional republic based upon our Declaration of Independence, the law of our land, the government of our country. It makes you wonder what FDR and the guys on that mountain would say if they could speak about what is going on in our country today. President Trump's July 4, 2020 speech at Mount Rushmore should go down, at least in my heart, as one of the most patriotic presidential speeches in history. I looked it up online so that I could share parts of it with you in celebration of this special birthday for America. Today, we pay tribute to the exceptional lives and extraordinary legacies of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. I am here as your president to proclaim before the country and the world, this monument will never be desecrated. These heroes will never be defamed. Their legacy will never be destroyed. Remember, I'm going off script here. Remember when and what was taking place in our country a year ago, tearing down our statues and destroying our history. We gather here tonight to herald the most important day in the history of nations, July 4th, 1776. At those words... Every American heart should swell with pride, every American family should cheer with delight, and every American patriot should be filled with joy, because each of you lives in the most magnificent country in the history of the world. Our founders launched not only a revolution in government, but a revolution in the pursuit of justice, equality, liberty, and prosperity. No nation has done more to advance the human condition than the United States of America. And no people have done more to promote human progress than the citizens of our great nation. It was all made possible by the courage of 56 patriots who gathered in Philadelphia 244 years ago and signed the Declaration of Independence. They enriched a divine truth and changed the world forever when they said, All men are created equal. These immortal words set in motion the unstoppable march of freedom. And there it is, guys, right there. Right here is our Christian Foundation. Our founders boldly declared that we are all endowed with the same divine rights given us by our creator in heaven, and that which God has given us, we will allow no one ever to take away ever. What other president has ever given a speech like this? Back to the speech. 1776 represents the culmination, the triumph of not only spirit, but of wisdom, philosophy, and reason. And yet, as we meet here tonight, there is a growing danger that threatens every blessing our ancestors fought so hard for, Struggle they bled to secure. And it's right here that our president a year ago is warning all of us of the threat of our own corrupt government, not of an outside government, not China or Russia. It's of our own corruption in our own government. Our nation is witnessing a merciless campaign to wipe our history, defame our heroes, erase our values, and indoctrinate our children. This line right here is probably the most important to what we are witnessing today. But oh, it gets better. One of their political weapons is cancel culture, driving people from their jobs, shaming dissenters, and demanding total submission from anyone who disagrees. This is the very definition of totalitarianism, and it is completely alien to our culture and to our values, and it has absolutely no place in the United States of America. Okay off script. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even remember this warning in this speech about cancel culture. But here it is right here. I was so caught up in the patriotism. And in the moment of this speech, I did not even hear this part. So I was so surprised when I was going through this speech and I came across this. But my gosh, here it is. He was warning us about cancel culture a year ago. And look at us now. We are totally controlled by authoritarian and totalitarianism. That just makes my stomach queasy. Okay, he goes on to say, This is an attack on our liberty and must be stopped. In our schools, our newsrooms, even our corporate boardrooms, there is a new far-left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. If you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. It's not going to happen to us. Oh my gosh, but it did. It has. Make no mistake, this left-wing cultural revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. Now, let me read that one, that part again, I have to. The left-wing cultural revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. In so doing, they would destroy the very civilization that rescued billions from poverty, disease, violence, and hunger, and lifted humanity to new heights of achievement, discovery, and progress. Now, a little bit off script, out of the speech for a second. You remember at the beginning of this podcast, I asked you, have you ever thought about why people come to this country? That is exactly why people come to this country. Why? Because we have the civilization that brought people out of poverty, disease, violence, and hunger, and lifted humanity to new heights and achievement and discovery and progress. That's why people want to come here. And yet, this left-wing cultural revolution, this cancel culture, is ruining this country. Back to the speech. We will proclaim the ideals of the Declaration of Independence, and we will never surrender the spirit and the courage of the cause of July 4, 1776. Upon this ground, we will stand firm and unwavering in the face of lies meant to divide us, demoralize us, and diminish us. We will show that the story of America unites us, inspires us, includes us all, and makes everyone free. Oh my gosh, do you miss President Trump as much as I do? Or if you do not miss him, Can you at least say that you miss having a president that loves this country and its citizens and isn't afraid to show it? A president that is strong, firm, believes in God and isn't afraid to show it? A president that is authentic? At the end of the 2020 disastrous election, we all know God has his own plans He has his own reason for this Biden administration. We can only trust that God's will be done. And keep in mind, Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. But meanwhile, we also know that God, as with Elijah, still has a plan and a purpose for Donald J. Trump. President Trump has started a Save America campaign. The purpose of this campaign will be to support candidates who only support the America First agenda in the 2022 elections. Remember, elections have consequences. Get involved. Pay attention. Support this campaign if you can. Look for candidates that talk about God first and then America. Because without God, we can do nothing. John 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and me in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Never losing sight that America needs revival. This past weekend, President Trump had his first rally in Ohio and is soon to have another in Florida. In a press release, I read about this This Save America rally marks President Trump's first of many appearances in support of candidates and causes that further the MAGA, the Make America Great Again agenda and accomplishments of President Trump's administration. And it also stated that the former president has also said he is planning to visit the U.S.-Mexico border on June 30th, accepting an invitation to visit from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. That's my state, so I'm looking forward to that. We have discussed the border issues in Texas before, Operation Lone Star, which entails Governor Abbott bringing on our own law enforcement and National Guard to help out on the border because it was so out of control. Well, things have not improved. If anything, it has gotten worse, and there has been absolutely no help from the Biden administration and Our VP seems to think this is a laughing matter. Meanwhile, our state is suffering tremendously in all areas. So recently, our governor has announced that we, the state of Texas, will complete our own border wall. I think every state along the border should do something like this and send a bill to the federal government or figure out a way to get the money back since protecting our borders is the responsibility of the federal government. I know for this Texan, we welcome President Trump's visit to our great state of Texas. Following all my 4th of July country birthday celebration, I was thinking about what other things are going on in the country. So before I leave this subject, I wanna wish everyone a happy 4th of July. Anyway, I came across this post of a young foster girl talking before her school board And of course, I immediately stopped and read and then listened to the video. It doesn't tell her age, and it doesn't tell where she is from or what school board it is. It was a post on townhall.com, and I am quoting, This brave student asks her school board, and it starts with a quotation, I was told I have white privilege. How can a child born in an abusive drug and alcohol abuse home who has lost her entire biological family that has experienced all forms of abuse, dot, 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 be privileged? If you found a child at 15 months in a home with holes in the floor eating cat poop, would you consider them privileged? Just asking because I was told that I was so upset, I cried myself to sleep." That is what was printed. Now, when you go in and you listen to the video, this young lady tells of the forms of sexual abuse she's endured and then having to sit in a classroom while they discuss sex and sexual experiences. In the last episode, we discussed critical race theory and the dangers it would present, the blatant racism it will cause or intensify, the hurt against innocent children that have no idea what or why this so-called theory is even being talked about, innocent children that don't even see skin color. Watching this young lady standing there in strength and courage and emotional, knowing all that she had already endured it was heartbreaking and it brought me to tears i don't know if it's because i am a mother of four a nana of three with another one on the way or because i am a teacher but god made sure that i saw this for a reason i responded to this post and i said this is the saddest story i have heard that a child would have to sit in a classroom and basically be abused all over again. She wasn't abused physically. It was worse, much worse. She was humiliated sexually. She was branded by racism. And then to top it all off, she was made to feel unsafe in an environment meant to make kids feel safe. I am horrified as a teacher that any teacher under any direction would even consider doing this to children, unquote. And I'll have to tell you that it took me a while before I calmed down enough to be able to continue, meaning I had to do some praying to figure out what God wanted me to do with this. And of course, as usual, he did lead me where he wanted me to go. Episode number two, Who is Really in Control? came out on September 8th, 2020. I get it. We all like to put the bad behind us and move forward, and this pandemic is a great example of bad. We are all told, oh, you need to move on. Forget the past. Put it behind you. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Some things we hold tight to, while others, such as life lessons or sin or a lie, we seem to forget pretty quickly. But, What happens when we move forward before we learn the lesson that God had intended? There is a huge message that is being sent that people are not seeing and are not hearing. Deuteronomy 8 verse 5 says, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. In the last episode, I briefly mentioned episode number two when referencing critical race theory in the education system, but today God has made sure that the message of that episode needed to be revisited. So I pulled out the episode and began reading. During that episode, there was a direct comparison being done between the story of Job and the situation of our country during that time. And remember, this was September of 2020. But the bottom line in the episode was this. Could it be possible that God has allowed Satan to test us as he did with Job? What would be God's plan and purpose? A wake-up call meant to bring our focus to God, or back to God, to do a reset of our priorities in our lives, in our families, in our business, a do-over. And I said, wow, what an opportunity. It reminds me of the prophet Amos in the Old Testament, when God reminds the Israelites over and over of their sin, and then calls them to repentance. Amos 5, verses 14 through 15 says, Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say He is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy. How do you think the Israelites, the apple of God's eye, responded? How have we, you, me, responded to the test? to the opportunity of the pandemic. We all know who is really in control, and it is God. And it is time for everyone to wake up. He is not happy with the destruction of our children, the teaching of immoralities, unrepentance, and divisive rhetoric. We are all equal in the eyes of God and in the eyes of innocent children. Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. I do not believe our good Father is going to sit back and allow this far left fascism to destroy the heart and minds of His children. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, verse 14. Let's close. Dear Lord, you alone are the Lord. You give life to everything. Blessed be your glorious name. Forgive us, Lord, when we forget to turn to you for guidance and wisdom for what is best for our children, your children. Help us know how to make sure This evil does not reach the minds and hearts of our youth. We ask your blessing upon our nation as it struggles under the weight of evil. Fill each of us with your light so that we may shine upon the ones you put in our paths. Bless those who found this podcast today. Keep them safe and healthy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That concludes this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I'm grateful for all my listeners that take the time to join an extremely important discussion. I'm truly blessed to have this opportunity to reach out to others and to build this beautiful community. For me, this is a unique privilege to serve God. And I hope this podcast will encourage others to serve. Now, an easy way to serve is to help our community grow by sharing the podcast on social media. The podcast has its own Facebook page titled Truth and Consequences. It also can be found on Twitter and Instagram under the username Truth and Cons. I'll post all the vital information for the podcast on the social media pages. This will include episode release times, discussion topics and questions, and prayer requests. Please share this with your friends and family. Again, thank you for your support and I'll see you all next week. May God bless you and God bless America.